0: Welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with the supervising director of the Ninja Turtles 2003 series, Roy Burdine. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. So your role was a supervising director on the um, 2003 series.
1: Yes. Yeah. For uh, I did five years on it. Um, started at season three, but I, but I was on the show from the beginning as a board artist.
0: Okay, and what does the supervising director do?
1: Uh, basically, the supervising director uh, sort of oversees, uh, you know, all the art aspects of the production, the design, um, and then, of course, most importantly, the uh, the storyboarding, the animatics, and then the post production of the show, uh, up to you know, up to the final mix, which is what you see on air.
0: So what what got you into uh, animation? How did you get into cartoons?
1: Um. Well, I was when I got out of school. I was doing. Uh, well, I did some small animation stuff out here. It was you know I live in L.A. and uh, my my goal in life, you know my my love was uh, comics. It's all I ever thought that I was going to do. And, you know, like Ninja Turtles was one of my favorite comics because Ninja Turtles was the thing that, uh, you know, sort of like was the first time a couple guys, like, scrambled together some money and put out their own comic. And then it became really popular, you know, and then that really inspired me. So it was kind of cool that I worked on it later on. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I was doing comics and then I knew somebody, you know, that that was working on the X-Men show, the 90s X-Men show. And I went in and showed them my stuff, and they hired me, he hired me in there to do revisions, uh, storyboard revisions, and I just kept working from there. Uh, kind of, you know, quickly ended up completely just doing animation full-time uh, shortly after that, you know. Um, the comics were fun and everything, but I mean, it was is a different kind of business and it wasn't really It was kind of like a cool job when you're 20 but you know 21 22 you start to you know i i had a child i got married like i started to think about like oh well you need more money you know you gotta make and and more like steady uh income so those things kind of pushed me in that direction and then got excited about filmmaking and animation and just
0: Got engrossed in it and just stayed in it, uh, you know, for 20 years. Oh, wow. And when did uh, Turtles come along?
1: Turtles um, started, I want to say 2001, one or two. Um, I was, like I said, I I was storyboarding on it. Uh, The original supervising director was Chuck Patton, and I knew him from here in L.A., uh you know he worked in animation uh out here and i had worked for him before so when i found out about the show you know i got in touch started doing boards for them uh starting on the first episode and, and so when chuck was gonna leave you know i put through my uh through my hat in the in the ring <laughs> or whatever the saying is you know let them know i'd be interested in doing it and uh and i lucked out they hired me they like they had liked you know, they had like the boards I had been giving them for so those first two seasons. I'd been regularly doing boards, um, and the show was being done in New York, which uh, in animation, you know, action adventure is sort of like all done in the main industry in California, in Los Angeles, where I live, and uh, there is a lot of animation. Done in New York, but it's, it tends to be more like preschool or like the really like uh, you know tit mouse like that that kind of adult swim kind of cool stuff. Uh, but action adventure is kind of all out here. So to be honest, it, it was a great opportunity for me, and, and an opportunity I was able to sort of have a slight advantage over people too because I I could go. You know, a lot of people you know they they couldn't just up and go. Um, to new york but but i was willing you know i I was raised as a military brat my dad was in the army and so we moved every few years and i just you know i was of the mentality uh that you go where the job is go where the opportunity is and so i did you know and it it was uh it was a lot of fun and a lot a lot of work
0: (laughs) so you were in la and you came to new york
1: yeah, so I came out to New York uh, to work on the show, and I was there for five years.
0: Now I'm curious. Um, so, for those who don't know, the 2003 series was, you know, uh, in the period before Nickelodeon bought the series, but after the original cartoon. And I know Peter Laird was involved in it, but I'm curious as to what his role was like in that show.
1: Um, well, what was cool about that is that that Laird was totally in control of that show. The uh, the thing was, you know, the, the toy company wanted the show. Uh, obviously they wanna sell toys and the network wanted to do the show and Laird's position was always, you know, he, at that point it was just him, he had the rights. Eastman uh, had been bought out and wasn't involved in the property anymore and You know, his thing was, it's great, we can do a show, but it has to be the show that I want to do because he never liked the original series because that wasn't his show. It wasn't even really reflective of their comic. It sort of took the basic idea and went off in a really silly, you know, corny kind of way. And I guess he wasn't a big fan of that. So he wanted a show that was a straight show, an action show, like the comic that they had created. Um, And so he was completely involved throughout the entire run uh in the stories what stories they were telling you know what were the storylines going to be uh, very involved uh, lloyd goldfine was the supervising producer um you know who, who really heads up like all the writing and all of that aspect of the show and uh, and over and really oversees everything and so lloyd would go up to uh i want to say new hampshire I think was where Peter lived. I, I could be wrong, but I think I remember that's where it was. Anyway, so he'd, he'd go up every k- few times a year and spend a few days up at uh, his ranch, Laird's Ranch, and they would uh, hash out the stories and figure out what they're going to do for the next season or the next arc of shows. So, yeah, he was really, really involved. We even ended up doing some episodes that were based on uh, his some of his other properties um or at least they some of his properties were involved in them like we did one where it was ah, i wish i could remember the name of it but there there's a race planet racers planet racers yeah well it was actually a comic book that that he did and uh and so we did it as a show you know with with the turtles um that there was an episode of planet racers um that was that was fun so yeah I mean it was and then there's there's actually another one too that's like these these cowboy animals it's another sort of animal thing uh, or maybe that maybe that wasn't his maybe it was a friend to his but one of the seasons we had a uh, it wasn't really a whole show built around it but there there was a, a part of the show I think it was in fast forward it was a hollow deck, you know like kind of sequence where they were in a in a hollow world you know like uh, and And then that world was the appearance of this show. I just can't remember the name of it. I just remember that it was like uh, cowboys uh, and they were like horses, but, you know, they were anthropomorphic like the turtles. Um,
0: It was uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa, I think it was.
1: Yes, that is it. it. It's great. I'm glad you know all this because I like remember everything, but a lot of the names will escape me. (laughs) You know,
0: <laughs> that crossed over with the comics he was doing Tales of the T at the time with um, uh, during that era. It wasn't his property, but I think he mu- I think he knew them or something. I think they were a yeah, '90s think, property originally.
1: I think it was a friend of his, right?
0: So was he there throughout the entire run of the series, up through and including Turtles Forever?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was involved all the way through, and uh, I, you know, I think towards the end. Uh, he was kind of, I guess that's maybe why he sold it. I mean, I can't say for sure, I'd, but, um, I think he was a little tired of the whole thing <laughs> by the end. I think he'd been turtled out. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, next thing I knew they were selling it to Nickelodeon. Uh, and that sale happened like, you know, literally the last thing we did was the, uh, TMNT forever the team up movie with the eighties turtles and the, uh, uh, and then the 2003, you know, action turtles. Uh, and right at the end of that is when the sale happened. So it immediately just went from us to Nickelodeon. Um, I even think that it was Nickelodeon that actually put that DVD out and not for kids. Um, even though it, it did run on four kids, I know as a as a uh, like a three part uh, block. But yeah, no, he was there up until the end. Up until he sold it, he was he was involved.
0: I think you might be right because I I was just watching that last night and the Nickelodeon logo was at the end, and I was like, oh wait, Nickelodeon had the look. Nickelodeon had the property for this. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, because we started out doing it for four kids, and then the sale happened. So by the time the thing was like. Finished. Post was done. It was owned by Nickelodeon, <laughs> and so oh, wow. all of, all of the masters went to Nickelodeon instead of four kids, and then they owned it from there out. Which, you know, I was excited that that they put it out. You know, for years that, that the DVD was in Target and everywhere. Uh, I mean, it may still be, but you know, I don't see it as much anymore. But I used to see it all the time in stock. Like they were obviously selling this thing. Uh, because a lot of times, when 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 a big company comes in and takes over something, they sort of get rid of the stuff that was being done by the other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that didn't happen. They they liked it. They put it out on DVD. They promoted it. You know, I I mean, even I think it was just last year. Or maybe it was the year before. But they even did a whole special where they ran the whole series on Nickelodeon.
0: <laughs> oh, that I didn't know.
1: Yeah, it was it was. It was crazy. It's like, wow, we're on Nickelodeon.
0: <laughs> I think Nickelodeon has done a pretty good job of really embracing the history of the show, of the series, I mean, anyway.
1: They've been really smart about it, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's ironic that Turtles is done out here now, but I really don't know anybody that that's involved in it. But from what I've seen... You know, it it stayed really true to the comics and to the old cartoons, our version, uh, as well. I mean, I was shocked recently I found out Bishop was in the new show. I didn't even know that, because I I watched the new show when it came on. I thought it was really beautiful, it was cool, but like, you know, I was a little kind of done with watching (laughs) turtles all that time. So I really liked the look and everything, and the execution was just terrific. Um, but I didn't watch the episodes, you know, after maybe the first few. Um, so then I learned like Bishop is is in their show. I was like, wow, because Bishop was really like one of my favorite characters because it was a character that I actually had a lot of involvement in developing that character because he wasn't even going to be a character in the show. It was just literally like there was a scene that had to do with the uh, the invasion of the Triceratons uh, at the beginning of. Uh, was it the beginning of season three? I think so. Um, or was that the end of season two? Well, somewhere in there, there was the, the Triceratons invaded Earth, and uh, he had he had like a scene, he just really didn't have much to do with anything, and then I was like, oh, this guy's really cool, like, we should do this stuff with him, and I, and I wrote out all this stuff, and then, uh, you know, they, they ran with it. So <laughs> to see him evolve... Um, because and then and then everything with fast forward that had to do with bishop was all my idea It was like bishop's now going to be the president you know like like it should be ridiculous you go to the future and this guy is you know he he, because he was never really a bad guy he's just uh uh he's a guy who's trying to protect the earth and he's doing what he thinks is right it just puts him kind of in a bad place most of the time uh but in the future you know and we're they're involved with other races and other planets and and all those civilizations well he would still be around i mean that's that's literally what he was doing from the 1800s forward so of course in the future he should still be around and he should actually be the the leader of the planet you know probably the guy that opened up all of this communication and interaction with the aliens um so yeah that was was a lot of fun but yeah they've kept the show really really close to uh you know, to what it is. they didn't they didn't get in and do something just completely you know outrageous with it that has nothing to do with uh, with what had come before. and they they also stayed very action adventure with it because we we were getting a lot of pressure. And the reason actually that fast forward came about was the the show had gotten really serious and and actually really violent. Uh, there, there's a show where we cut off the shredder's head and uh, at about that point the toy company and everybody just like got together and they were like okay like this thing's just gone out of control Like <laughs> we're, we're trying to sell toys and what we want is cowabunga and pizza and you guys are cutting people's heads off like <laughs> you know and uh, they wanted to do something new with the show and the push for the toy company was always Pizza, Cowabunga, the 90s series. That's that's really what we want. And, of course, they couldn't just have what they wanted because Peter Laird had the power to say, no, you know, that's not what we're going to do. And so he held out. And, there, you know, so there was some, like, uh, some give and take. I mean, he did give in, you know, to, like, try and give them you know, maybe we could change the tone of the show, we could do something different, try and push push it into the area of things that you you guys are looking for.
0: And, you know, so we actually pitched some different
1: ideas about how to do the show. Um, And then they came out of that meeting with Fast Forward. They're like, uh, well, we've got this idea that they'll go to the future. Because I, what I had been pitching was to sort of re, recast—not recast, but re re envision the show, so that like uh, April would be younger, um, and Turtles, you know, just everything. It it would have been a a clean slate, you know, like it would have started all over, and and it would have been sort of a younger take, still action and everything, but but bringing the characters down to relatable, being relatable to the audience. which that's sort of how Cody came about. Was they're like, well, we like that idea, but let's just have another guy. And it, you know, the whole future thing came about because they could sell toys. They could make a whole bunch of new toys that were related to the future. Um, and so that's that's how
0: that ended up happening. So did it feel like when you were when it switched to Fast Forward? Like, did it was the feeling that it kind of watered it down, or would you prefer to start over fresh? Because the tone definitely does shift. Um, I didn't feel that it was
1: watered down. I mean, you know, we really enjoyed the, 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 the most fun about fast forward. Um, I, I guess before I even say that to just answer like the main part of your question, it, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't really have a preference. It's just sort of like, they're looking for new ideas and you put new ideas out there and then they say, well, you know, because it's not just you, you know, there's, there's different, there's the network. You know, there's there's what we're putting in. There's the toy company. So it's kind of like everybody gets together and, and kind of works it out. So, you know, it wasn't an either-or. I mean, I loved Fast Forward because Fast Forward was the opportunity to kind of do what we wanted to do, which was to reapproach the series, you know, um, visually and uh, and tonally and, and in every way. Uh, but it was still... Technically, going to be you know continuing from where we were, uh, you know the the uh, the chronology of everything. So that was fine. Uh, yeah, and no, I really loved it because because I, I really that was when I got to get in there and like do a lot of design stuff that was a lot of fun and just kind of streamline it. And uh, you know we, we did some things with the future, the look of the future. Um, that's when We started doing our backgrounds uh, digitally and taking advantage of, like, doing things vector so that they had a very, you know, like, clean, linear look uh, as opposed to, like, the original series, the way that it was done was all, like, hand-drawn, very gritty-looking. So we needed a way to make the future different from the present. And I figured, well, if the artwork itself is sort of, like, you know, coming from technology, then that's going to lend to... Uh, to that look.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like it watered it down. I, I really enjoyed
0: it. I i not mean you said it the wrong way, but I just mean like, like you know, it's facing a sort of similar thing now, Turtles, like where the series got really dark. Like they killed Splinter in the new cartoon and a bunch of other stuff. And then it was like, I guess they tried to reboot it a little bit and then they said, okay, let's drop this show and let's make a new show. And so it sounds like you guys face a similar point where it was like, you were almost going to relaunch the series instead you were able to continue on and continue telling their stories but reformatted a bit too
1: yeah because i mean part of what i was trying to pitch was still in the series that we did which was oh like we could streamline you know the just just in terms of like visually you know we could streamline the look of the show we could there's things visually we could do you know to make it different uh more like kind of relatable to the co- cartoons that were going on at the time, you know. Uh, so, so that stuff really was still in what we did, uh, you know, with with the the visual part, the art part of uh, Fast Forward.
0: So talking about Fast Forward and and Bishop, honestly, I gotta say my and I really liked Fast Forward. It was lighter and fun. But I, I one of my favorite things about it, if not my favorite thing, was Bishop and the fact that you guys never took the obvious expected turn of, oh, he's really a bad guy.
1: Right. Yeah, he literally really became a good guy.
0: (laughs) It was great. I was so surprised by that.
1: We just wanted everything to be different. And and I think, you know, at that time I was lucky because they kind of went with all my ideas for Bishop, which was was awesome, you know, because they had gone with a lot of the ideas that I had originally, but what would happen, so when I first came on the show, you know, I'm super inspired, and every time we would get the, the uh, uh, first, first we get like a, it's just sort of an overview of the show, it's like a synopsis, what, what the episode's going to be, but it's, it's pretty detailed, I mean, sometimes they can be like a few pages long. And then I would read this, and I would get a bunch of ideas. And then I would go, and I'd be just like rattling off all these ideas. And then I would give them to Lloyd. And then, like, it would get filtered into what they were doing. They would take—he would take ideas and things that they liked, and and put them in. But, but it wasn't like they took what I did and turned that into the show. And so after a while, you know, I was like, well. I'll you Know, I'm really busy, and it doesn't feel like enough of that stuff is really getting through that I'm pitching, so it would just be better to not waste my time anymore. Hmm. But the only place where that was uh, not the case was with Bishop, it was just like so much of the Bishop stuff, what you know, directly came from my ideas, you know, like him. Uh, being from Area fifty one, the fact that he's been around for a long time, the fact that he's a clone, the fact like, all of this all of this stuff, you know, these were all things that I had come up with and luckily enough, you know, I pitched him in there and, and Lloyd went with
0: him. Well he's so, become a really like a staple Turtles character now. Not only is he in the new cartoon, but he's also like a major, major factor in the current IDW comic books.
1: <laughs> I gotta look that up. I didn't even know he was in the comics.
0: He's he's very similar to um you know the dark bishop of that cartoon in the new com- in in the in the new cartoon the uh, CGI one he's like anutron in that show yeah but in the comic books he's very much like that bishop
1: the the one in the show
0: the yes U-trom the original he's like he's very much like the original bishop in the current comic books
1: right oh okay yeah I gotta check that out that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, they've done well yeah. with him.
1: Yeah, he was a fun character, you know, like uh, him. And, and then sometimes we got to do some characters that were things that I really liked from the comics. And then we got to really run with, like the Rat King was great. Loved doing the Rat King. And then uh, Nobody. I Man, if when we had a Nobody episode, I was so excited because it would just be like, oh, this, this is great because I get to do Batman, basically.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even like that there was some jokes in the first episode of nobody where they kept saying how familiar he seems and they kept dancing around the idea that it's like, he's basically Batman,
1: but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really pushing, uh, I really was pushing his costume so that, you know, he basically would just be a shape. You know mm. one, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of highlights in there, but I was trying to get it so there would be as, as few as possible. So he would just be, you know, a shape. A shadow.
0: Yeah, and they've done some interesting stuff now. It, it, also in the same comic with uh, with nobody, and I think uh, Angel occupies that title now. So. Oh really? Yeah, they've done some cool stuff with that in the comic, and it was like it's weird because I think sometimes the 2003 series isn't as like paid attention to as the original series, but in both the uh, the newest comics and the. Um, the most recent series, there's been a good amount of influence. Like, Hun shows up in both of those things, too. (laughs) That's great. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, what we were trying to do with Hun in the TMNT Forever, um, God, now I can't remember the name, but I'm sure you might remember it. There was a bad guy turtle. Slash. Was it Slash? And we wanted Hun to become Slash so the original design for hun in when he got turned into a turtle was uh was really like based on that design and then uh i don't know why but they were like no uh he can't he can't be that character yet um at that point you know there was still the possibility that we were gonna do more seasons so they were like you know if we do another season we'll develop him into that character in that season um but yeah, our original idea was to, was to literally just make it so you'd watch it and go, oh, shit, that's Slash.
0: <laughs> oh, you see, I thought that when I saw it, I didn't know it was like officially going in that direction or if it was just a, like a slight homage or whatever.
1: Well, yeah, we really wanted to do it and they didn't want to go so far with it. So it was kind of like, you know, in between. But the plan would have been that he would, that's, that's literally what he would become uh, had we gone on
0: after that. So, was the plan to make Back to the Sewers and then Turtles Forever and then resume episodes? Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. So, like, Back back to the Sewer, I guess, would have continued. Um, but it was in November of 2008, basically when there was the big uh, crash uh, on Wall Street and all that. Um, It kind of, it affected the company. The company had been kind of like taking some blows over the course of the years. Because like when we started out, they used to do uh, Pokemon. This is uh, four kids. And so they had Pokemon and they had a few other like really popular ones that they would take and they would translate. And, And they also had the afternoon block on Fox. So the first thing that went was that afternoon animation block. Uh, fox decided that it, they could make more money just like licensing you know out that stuff that time uh to other shows and so they they got rid of that and so that took out a lot of their programming time and then uh then the pokemon company in japan you know when they ended their when they got to the end of their current contract at the time uh i guess they figured you know what we could do what they're doing <laughs> we could just do it ourselves and we don't have to cut them a piece of the pie. And so I guess that's what happened. Uh, and so that contract ended and that was a big, big part of, you know, their income. Um, and then once that, uh, once that financial crisis hit that, that really was like, I think like the last straw, you know, the last blow. And, uh, and so then the show, then we found out the show was going to end, uh, with turtles. Well, we, we finished, uh, in December, Um, of that year and uh, and then so I came back here in January 2009 and I want to say within a month or two I don't remember the exact month but it was very shortly after I came back then we heard that they were selling it and then that all happened really fast I mean when they sold it there were still people at four kids that that I knew you know that were doing other shows uh Like, our production manager, you know, he sent over all of the assets to Nickelodeon himself. So that all happened right there. Oh, wow. So it all all happened really fast.
0: Do you remember any other Season 8 plans you had other than Slash?
1: No, I don't know if they had any real, like, concrete plans at that point. Uh, Because I think, you know, they didn't know yet. Whenever you... There was... uh, There were several points where we were sort of waiting, you know, like we would be finishing up a season and uh, then we'd be
0: waiting to hear if there's, you know, if we're going to do another season. So generally,
1: like the way the production would run for me as supervising director is that once we finish pre-production, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rolling into post as we get to that stage, that's when we have the final animation, then we edit it, then then there's music done and sound effects and all of the mixing. Um, So, I will be doing all of that for a good amount of time, six to eight months. This is on any production. After pre-production ends, uh, so like all your board artists, your designers, and all the people that you work with, they're all done, but you're still working on the show, so there's, you know there's that time period so i mean i there was a there were several times where we literally finished production everyone was done and i was just doing post and we were waiting to see was there going to be another season um you know and then we did we got another season and we ramped up again on uh those few times um so yeah i don't really know of any concrete plans um but along those lines something that that would be kind of interesting is uh we did start a second season of Fast Forward, and we were a few episodes in. I, I you know, I, we might have been, f- I know we had scripts for like seven episodes, and we were maybe four episodes in um, to the production. We, I mean, we had a, a first episode that was completely finished. Uh, and then they decided they weren't going to do another season of Fast Forward uh, and so then it, it all got pulled which was was too bad you know um, I never understood why this happened but they wanted to do something with the toys and so they decided to do the the Fast Forward and then like the very next year that TMNT CGI movie was coming out mm-hmm and so it, it was weird because the toys had just barely come out in the stores. And then they're like, oh, um, you know what? We need the show to be like that, that animated movie that's coming out. We need it all to be the same. And that's how Turtles Back to the Sewer happened. Is They're like, oh, okay. So now instead of doing fast forward, they want to stop it. And they want to bring them back to the present again. Because now they want it to sync up with the TMNT movie. So you know, like to me, it's like wow, like I I'm shocked. Like no one really planned all this out, <laughs> you know. So I thought fast forward kind of got uh, shortchanged because of that. Um, it got that one season, and but the stuff we were working on got uh, just got completely shelved, and then we went into uh, back to the back to the sewer, which you know isn't isn't that easy because they basically said, well we still want it to be we want, we want it to be fast forward in terms of the look and the tone but we want to bring them back to the modern time period. And the problem with that is you know you want it to look like the other show but but we, we can't just go back and use all our assets from the other series because the look of the new show is completely different so every single thing has to be redesigned. Um, so it was a lot of work. Uh, I think I think really back to the sewer was the only one that I was not really completely happy with. Uh, you know, like ultimately the way it turned out because it was kind of it was kind of crippled, you know, by by, uh, by production uh, demands and and the lower budget because they really weren't understanding how much work it was going to take to go back in time because i think they were assuming oh well you just go back and you have all that stuff it's like well we don't because we have to redo everything um so uh but yeah that's how that happened and i, I really was kind of disappointed that they didn't think out the whole process a little better so that it could have been could
0: have worked a little better you know Yeah, that's what uh, my questions was like because it kind of fast forward is getting going, it kind of stops, and was the plan always to bring them back to the present day, or it wasn't...
1: Well, at the time we did Fast Forward, I mean, all we knew was, you know, they wanted to redo the show, and this was going to be the show. So, you know, we never considered that they would ever go back in time. I mean, it, it just wasn't something we were thinking about. You know, it's like, okay, they want a new series, they want to put them in the future so that there's completely new toys to develop. And that's what we're doing. And we went right out of the first season into the second season, started doing those episodes, and then yank. Chang got yanked.
0: (laughs) Now, was that a similar thing that happened with the Ninja Tribunal season? You know, the Tribunal,
1: that was, yeah, I'm not 100% sure even what happened there. Um, (laughs) That was whenever the whole issue came down that the show had become too too dark you know the toy company really wanted it to be they really just wanted the 80s turtles and so those shows had been done and they were supposed to come on uh but because the um the toy company wanted this fast forward we ended up going into production on fast forward and then they didn't show the other ones and, and then as soon as it was done fast forward came on um so they just sort of pulled the other ones, um, but they, I mean, they did eventually air them whenever they, you know, needed to fill some time, but, uh, but yeah, that was kind of a weird thing, but it was part of that. It was just part of the whole idea that like, they wanted to, uh, they, they wanted to get things on like a more fun, you know, change the tone, change the look. We want to make it more, you know, really friendly for children so those those ended up, like, sitting on a shelf for a while because of all that, a whole thing.
0: Well, you guys really achieved a lot of, like, really effective, dark, heavy stories. You really did.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, it was fun. <laughs> I love doing that stuff, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had a question about, and this is kind of in the vein of when the show got a little darker. There was an episode of the show that was banned, which was... Uh, insane in the membrane do you remember much about this episode um where baxter stockman becomes frankenstein and like his face is falling off yeah it's viewable now but i guess they they pulled it at the time
1: (laughs) uh yeah i i remember something like that i you know (laughs) did they did they not ever air it yeah i think they didn't air it right um
0: I think and that's it, the and case. And it only
1: came out on the DVD. I think it was something like that because it—he was like falling apart. His body parts were falling off, and at one point, I think April kicks his jaw off. Like.
0: <laughs> and you have his dying mother throughout the episode. It's a great episode, but it's really heavy. <laughs> it's
1: really demented, dark stuff, and, and that's what you know. They were they wanted to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I do remember that it it didn't show. And I think if I, it just showed on the DVD. Yeah.
0: There's another one too that, and I don't, I, I haven't seen this one because I don't think it exists. But something called Nightmares Recycled, that was, I think a return of Garbage Man that got nixed before it even aired or something. Do you know about that?
1: No, that doesn't sound familiar. Was it in?
0: Uh, Maybe it's just lore. Who knows? Because um, like an episode like skipped or something.
1: Yeah. Well. No. Yeah, I think you're on something. I do remember something with Garbage Man, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I'll have to ask uh, ask around some of the guys if they remember what happened with that. I, yeah, I do think you're right. I do think there was something like that. I just cannot remember for the life of me what what that was.
0: Well, it's probably like you know.
1: I remember doing Garbage Man. I mean, I know we did a Garbage Man episode. I think it was
0: season three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple, and he like he was a pretty dark villain anyway. Yeah. So, sp- speaking of villains, I mean, the biggest one I wanted to ask you about is obviously uh, Utrum Shredder. Now, I think that the approach to him was so interesting and different, and just I really liked Utrum Shredder yeah, he was cool. But I'm curious, did like some people give a backlash about it or?
1: Uh, I mean, we never heard anything while we were doing the show. Oh, okay. I, I've, yeah, I've never heard anything one way or the other about it. you know.
0: I forget the internet wasn't what it is now. You know
1: <laughs> exactly. It wasn't really uh, he didn't get as much feedback directly at the time.
0: It was such a unique take, though, and it got, it's weird because it covers a lot of what you got out of the original uh, comic books, but he has such an epic, crazy backstory that just made him fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially when we got into, like, uh, the Shredder, you know, like the uh, the ancient samurai Shredder, where he had all those powers, and <clears throat> yeah, it was really cool
0: stuff. So that's one thing I was curious about too. Is like when you guys, so you had that Shredder, and he, you know, gets frozen in an ice block, and then you guys go into like the ancient Shredder and all these other ones. Did you guys plan for that, or did it come along later on, like the other Shredders from long ago?
1: You know, that's mostly that's coming from Lloyd and, and Laird and mm. the writers, um, but I think it just developed. You know, it's like where could we go next with the story, and then they. They developed the idea because isn't isn't the uh, the ancient shredder isn't that the season the missing season where they're uh, learning to do uh, like to get mystical kung fu powers where they glow and stuff.
0: Yes. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a development of the story, I think. Um, you know, because I, I don't. I think the the biggest story arc that I know that was around the whole time was basically that there would be. Eight seasons, and that it would culminate in uh, April and uh, Casey getting married. That that was always like the sort of like, hey, this is kind of the idea. What's gonna, how this thing's gonna shape up?
0: And you guys did that, and the wedding episode is really nice.
1: Yeah, and then that's so that's what they did at the end. They brought in the uh, the wedding uh, at, the, at the very end. Yeah, I was I always liked the ones too where we got to do the superheroes, Uh, not just nobody, but um, you know, there's that whole Justice League of like superheroes, and then Mikey joins them.
0: Oh yeah, I love turtle. Anything with Turtle Turtle Titan Titan was just great. Yes, so fun. (laughs) And you even brought that into Fast Forward, which I loved. Like it was cool.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, you know that's another one where I was like, you know, we should do the Turtle Titan, but. But in the future, there should be a completely different Turtle Titan. And then uh, and, and Michelangelo is like, hey, I'm the Turtle Titan. But like this guy's really popular and really famous. You know, it was another one where like, you know, I spitballed that idea and then it actually became an episode.
0: <laughs> I love that one because Mike is kind of just like a petty jerk in the whole episode. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 That was a really fun episode. I love that. That is a good one. I love, I love the future Turtle Titan. That was a lot of fun to design him and, you know, to work on him.
0: I gotta say, like, of all... I, you know, the show covers all the characters really well, but I feel like your show in particular, the coverage of Leonardo was spectacular. Like, such a mi- excellent arcs with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was very dark, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, he had a whole season where he was just brooding, and it was like... I love that you guys took the time to, like have him go through an emotional journey and not just oh yeah next week he's all better
1: yeah and he spent his whole season trying to find himself again
0: and you guys did really cool stuff like one of my favorite ones as I was going through the series was um, Same As It Never Was where they yeah, go to the that future
1: one of my favorite that and Hunt on the Run like anytime somebody asks me what are your, your favorite shows I'm like well Same As It Never Was and Hunt on the Run and I, f- I feel like there's another one like those two, and I can never remember the name of it. I actually meant to try and figure it out before I talked to you, but I never had a chance.
0: Was the other episode that you liked was Exodus? Because that one moves like a crazy action movie. Which one is it? Exodus. It's like right when... That's the final appearance of Cherell Shredder before... um
1: Oh, when he when he gets on the ship, the rocket ship, yes, and has to take off, and they have this giant fight. Yeah, I got um this man. I, you know I wish I could think of his name, but um I I got this uh, board artist to to do an episode, and he's this like incredible board artist. And does all this stuff for like at the time Kim Possible and. You know really like that sort of batman the animated series and kim possible like that really slick style very much different than our show um and i was able to get him to do an episode because ironically he had uh, um he told me that he had done turtles the old series was like his first job so he really thought it would be cool to do something you know on the turtles and he just did this like this one episode and uh, so it, that that is just him going off. Um, it, I, I mean, I love that episode, but it isn't it isn't the it isn't like like Hunt on the Run and uh, same as it never was were. I, I, part of the reason I love those is they're really cool stories, but they're also like I, there, there's a couple of times where I feel like I was able to just go in and like really take this story and shape it into you know something that that really moves like action and so the, that's that's why i feel like that like the other one was but it was a little bit different it's really funny because when we sent his boards to korea they were kind of like oh um these are very different than <laughs> than, than what we're used to looking at the very the drawings are very different than the show because it, you know they had that cartoony uh action look oh wow but uh, yeah, and I love that episode. That was great.
0: So I wanted to, before we wrapped up, I really wanted to talk about Turtles Forever. So how did Turtles Forever come about?
1: Um, well, I guess it was just the the same idea. You know, the the toy company I know was always pushing to do the '80s Turtles.
0: Oh, so you just gave them that?
1: So I guess they got together and everybody decided, well, why don't we do a DVD where the Original turtles meet the, uh, the Ninja Turtles and, uh, and then, so that's what they did and, uh, and that, that, was, that was pretty exciting. Yeah that whole we actually went and we found a, a lot of the original uh, background paintings and character designs and things as much as we could dig up from the original series and use those. You know even as like our what we sent to Korea to work from so that you know as much as possible they would be working off of you know authentic stuff from from the original series once we went into the original series you know we went into their world um we wanted that to really look like it because um if if it's us looking at it and then doing a reproduction it's just going to be one level removed. So um, as much as we could, I mean, obviously we didn't have all the assets, but uh, for as much as we could get, we used the original stuff uh, so that that would be reflected in the show. And my favorite part of that is, is doing the black and white Ninja Turtles from the comics. Oh, yeah. I mean, that might be one of the coolest things that I've got to do in animation, period. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that whole thing is like, it's such a crazy, like, I- I'm really curious about how you guys decided what those characters, what the original Mirage Turtles sounded like.
1: Yeah, you know, that uh, that's mostly Lloyd. I mean, he just, you know, he was hiring the voice talent, and
0: uh, yeah, I think they were just looking for, you know, something that was more gritty. Oh, yeah. And the and the backgrounds to the '80s show like they really do look like the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they really did a good job. Um, so we were able to come up with uh, quite a bit of reference from the original show, so that helps. Because what, whatever you send overseas, you know you'd be shocked like they can mimic it perfect perfectly. So. That's why we wanted the original stuff.
0: One of my favorite things about that movie is... uh, And I'm a Donatello fan, so... You kind of get the idea that the original Donatello, even though he's kind of goofier, is vastly smarter because it's much less tethered to reality than the newer Donnie. Yeah,
1: Yeah, everything is like it's a flashlight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was really silly, but he could do things that the 2003 Donnie could never fathom, just (laughs) because...
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. He had the that's where he has the little light bulb or the little light uh, flashlight thing.
0: Yeah, the portal flashlight stick. Device. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do these things that are in no way connected to anything real, so he can just do that. Like, they'll make it dimensional yeah. whatever and it's just fine because that's what he does.
1: Right, he uses tape.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he
1: gets the tape he tapes it up like I think he does that on the ship.
0: Yeah, and he hits stuff and then later on they have your Donnie hitting the machine to make it work, and it works. Right. <laughs> I also love the fact that Bebop and Rocksteady save all of existence. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, stupidly. Yes. <laughs> because they pull out the cord. <laughs> I've read where, like, uh, I just read it recently. I don't know why I came across it, but... There was some criticism of the of it that it was making fun of the '80s show as opposed to uh, like homaging it so much, you know, because it was from the point of view of our modern turtles, and so they were just basically sort of like making fun of everything about the old turtles.
0: You know, I gotta say, like I I, I I've heard that too, and. Like, having watched it again recently, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly watching the old cartoon. I mean, the only thing that maybe stretches into that territory is the, the mutant bananas that go to get April. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> but, it runs in and grabs April. <laughs> but the original show is really goofy. Like, it really is. Yeah. You didn't go that far. Like, it, I don't know, it seemed more loving. I actually, I really felt like it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's how we intended it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I loved how, like, you guys closed out Shredder. Like, the the U-tron Shredder felt dangerous.
1: Right, because he's going to sort of destroy the universe.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, well, you know, I'll just make sure there's no turtles. I'll destroy the universe.
0: <laughs> Prime Shredder gets a raw deal, though, I feel like.
1: Oh, yeah. He's sort of just kicked around and... Uh... <laughs> Treated like dirt.
0: He just, we throw trash cans at him and he's done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he should have been a little tougher. <laughs> and then uh, Kang the robot, he gets a good moment in there. It grows giant.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I kind of wanted to wrap things up with, with Turtles Forever, but... um. Oh, well, you know, one other question I wanted to ask you about that was, was, um, how come the 80s cast wasn't able to be in that? Do you know?
1: That I don't know. I don't know if they tried to reach out to them or or what. I, I really wasn't involved in the voice part of that one. Mm. Um I wasn't, you know, on the series, um, I mean, after a few years, I think, maybe season four on? I know by fast forward, I mean, I was even doing the voice directing, uh, but when they did the movie, uh, I was still working on the series proper, the, the Back to the Sewer, um, and then that went right into production, so it was a little crossover there. So I didn't do anything involved with the voices uh, on on the DVD. So I don't know. I don't know if they reached out to them or what. I, I don't. I don't remember hearing anything about it. I just remember them auditioning voices to to try and sound like the old ones. You know, they were trying to find people that they, they could do a good impression. Um, but I don't know. That one, if you could get a hold of Lloyd and interview him, he could tell you all that stuff.
0: Oh, okay. I was always curious about that. I'm sure the fans were wondering, like... Because a lot of them sound pretty good, but, you know, it's 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 never going to be perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about the, uh, the impact of this series. So I feel like, you know... Have you heard much about it since then? Because it seems like sometimes it's not... It's a little bit neglected in the Turtleverse, where it... I mean, it was a great show for a lot of seasons for a cartoon.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like... It seemed like when it first went off the air, I mean, literally the next year, there was almost instantaneously, like, a new version, the CGI version that came on Nick. So we kind of got pushed into the background. But over the years... um not the series so much, but, but, you know, the TMNT, uh, uh, forever movie that, that has year after year has been, I always get feedback about that. People hit me up about it. Like I hear, you know, I see people talking about it, asking, and people have gotten in touch with me about it. Like it stayed very popular and very like, uh, consistent for quite a while. And then the, The new series—it seems like recently, not the new series, but you know, the 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 series version, not the the movie. Um, Lately, it just seems like yeah, like a lot of people are uh, are interested in it again. You know, I'm hearing a lot more about it and uh, getting interest from people about it. And I guess maybe that's just because enough time's gone by. I don't know. But for sure, I would say that TMNT Forever is the thing that has really been pretty strong like year after year since we did the series
0: well it is a really strong crossover like and, and actually they recently did crossovers in the newest cartoon back to the 80s cartoon again and there are cool things about that like it has the original cast but like what's cool about turtles forever is like it's like a movie it has a lot of time to breathe and it's a lot of like it really is really well paced and thought out
1: yeah yeah they, they did a good job writing it and really enjoyed that
0: so my last question is um who's your favorite turtle
1: my favorite turtle man that's tough (laughs) because i can think about each one and know why uh why that's my favorite but uh hmm, probably Raphael, just because you know he's the tough
0: guy <laughs> and you guys did have a great Raphael.
1: But I like Mikey. I mean, I like them all. So I would say Mikey and Raph are my favorites. And then if I had to pick between Mikey and Raf, maybe I would go Raf.
0: It's hard to choose.
1: It is. It is because you know they're all they they all are one thing to me. You know. It's like oh yeah. They're they're one the aspect. Each one is an aspect of the greater. Uh, thing. So.
0: so, I mean, like that that really covers things. I wanted to quickly ask you, uh, is there anything people can do to look, find out more about you?
1: Well, I have a website. You can look me up. RoyBerdine.com or Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I mean, I'm on all that stuff. But I have a new webcomic that I'm doing. Uh, finally getting back to, after doing animation all these years, doing something of my own. Uh, you know, like super excited about how now on the internet there's a way to create something new and put it right out to an audience you know literally you finish a page you can get it to your audience and uh so I'm, I'm enjoying doing that and going to be doing that for the uh foreseeable future that's called uh afterman is the name of the comic and the website is aftermancomic.com and i also have that on twitter and instagram if you want to look for it i, I basically put the pages in all three places so people can see it everywhere
0: oh very cool what's like the what's what's it about
1: um well it's the thing i've been working on for a long time it's it's what i would term like an existential comic i I really love the invisibles if you remember the grant morrison comic and uh and so it's something along those lines where this is about a group of people that come from maybe another time maybe another dimension Even they're not really sure because they're still trying to put themselves back together. Uh, But they just know that everything there was perfect. You know, it was there was no strife. There was no pain. There was no suffering. And they want to get back there. But to get back there, they have to find each other, reassemble themselves and find a way to get back. It's you know, our universe for them is almost like a prison and it's basically their story.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, well, be sure to check that out. I, I Again, I want to say thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time. Um, this has been uh, the Turtle Tracks podcast. I also wanted to thank the guys over at Turtle Flags who we do this podcast in conjunction with. And uh, Roy Burdon, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thank you.